Hey, Ben, you specifically, you know what's overrated? What? Jeeps. I drove uh, a coworker of ours this past week for like a large amount of time. Not, not a great thing to drive. Very unfortunate. I, uh, I could see that for a man of your stature. <laughs> All right. <laughs> <laughs> Don't ever drive a Jeep in Hawaii or they'll steal your battery. Is that true that's story. a true thing? True story, yeah. What's, why do they have a run on Jeep batteries in Hawaii? Because uh, that's what the uh, tourists drive, Jeeps, so they target them. Mm, that's makes genius. sense. Yeah, that is pretty genius. Well, cool. <laughs> <laughs> well, well, there you have it. So I guess uh, hey, we're back uh, from another dynamite intro. Yeah, whatever we're yeah. doing with our lives before today. We did regionals and stuff. It was a good we time. Did, yes, we did. Yes, we, we did. We specifically Man. did, the four mm-hmm. of us. I'm exhausted. <laughs> Chase, you did a great job. Yep, I, I wore the so wig. <laughs> Chase, <laughs> Chase rocked the wi- wig so it well. It is incredible what great a wig a and woman. a shave will do to make you look like Gabby. <laughs> <laughs> it's incredible. Okay, so I guess, spoiler alert, we're talking about regionals today. Yeah. Pretty exciting times. It's actually a great segue. Thank you very much. You're and welcome. And the good thing about it is we did pretty dang well this year. Yeah, yeah. We sure did. It was uh, very cool to see. That's all I have to say about that. <laughs> Thanks, Forrest. <laughs> so we're going to roll through uh, roll through regionals today, talk a little bit about uh, the programming, how we feel about the way the workouts, <clears throat> excuse me, were programmed. I don't know where that came from. It's probably because <clears throat> you had the flu for a yeah, year. Yeah, that was, uh, we shouldn't talk about that. I'm really PTSD about my illnesses. But um, <laughs> So then we're going to talk about how our team performed, which obviously we're incredibly proud of uh not no shocker there but just kind of break down the performance maybe of each team member and then <clears throat> the team as a whole and then as always we're going to be opinionated about what we believe crossfit should change i think that's probably <laughs> going to be the most lengthy part of the segment uh, unusually reebok hasn't reached out to hire any of us to guide any of these these changes but let's start here no um, matter how many emails i send yeah <laughs> that's right maybe i think they've blacklisted uh, chris over there <laughs> Let's start with this. Let's talk about the programming because I know there was some just some different stuff that they rolled out. This look, this is what CrossFit is known for, throwing you these different elements, but it did not feel like they were being different just to be different this year. Kind of my first impression. What did you guys think about the differences at regionals? Uh, I love the programming this year. Uh, I guess we talk about the individual side first. One of the biggest complaints I've always had about the regional program is that it um, – makes a, sp- uh, a specific type of athlete do well, which is going to be a completely different type of athlete that does well at the games. So at, at regionals, a lot it's a lot more about like, uh, you know, high speed uh, movement, um, high skill movements. Like last year was nothing but dumbbells and it really favored a, a smaller athlete. And then you get out to the games and they're doing all this endurance running, they're doing heavy lifting, stuff like that. And, and it's like the guys who would do well at the games got w- – a lot of them got weeded out at regionals because they just had a dumbbell, you know? And so this year I felt like it really um, is similar to the type of stuff you would see at the games. And I think they've done a great job. This has been my favorite year of programming so far from the open to regionals as far as more inclusive, um, more broad tests um, that test all different spectrums to where I think you're truly going to see the fittest people uh, make it through to the next level. And I think you'll see people make it through to the next level. That'll do well at the games. And instead of having some of these long events where people just get time capped and quit in the middle of the endurance event because they can't do endurance. Well, Hey, they started off the weekend with triple three, a 45 minute workout. Um, if you didn't do well on that, you're not making it to the game. So I really liked how they, um, 
made the workouts a lot similar to something that you would see at the games. Yeah, I thought it was a, it was a, it was really good this year to see them kind of get back to how regionals used to be like when regionals was first getting started when it was just when it was six just real grueling workouts that took a lot out of you they went for a couple of years where they would you know they'd have like a max lift or a long handstand walk or something like that and that was one event you know they got really specialized for one score and when you're talking about one out of out of six possible scores you you start um uh like you said, you start kind of catering to one specific kind of athlete, and that can give somebody a huge bump. Somebody that uh, the, you know that's maybe uh, right outside the top ten and everything else, but they get a first place on a on a handstand walk because they're really good at handstand walking. All of a sudden, they're you know knocking on the uh, on the door of the top five. So it was really cool to just kind of see them get back. To, you know, they did not have a max lift. They did have a uh, you know kind of a strength test, but it wasn't a one rep max. It was a lot more. Uh, uh, CP battery strength endurance, and that was really really cool to see with the uh, with doing Linda with the uh, the ten down to the ten down to one the deadlifts uh, bench press and squat cleans, and it made the entire weekend really entertaining. With uh, I, the only objection I'd have is the the triple three. I'm glad they did it. I didn't watch any of it though. <laughs> I just waited for them to get done and yeah, checked out yeah. the scores. <laughs> yeah, I'm not. That's you're not going to watch my run on a treadmill for close to 30 minutes after no. rowing and all that type of stuff. Yeah, I, I think it's a great test, but it remind it reminded me a little bit of when they did the half marathon row at the games and they didn't even televise that yeah. event. <laughs> it was like, uh, who's going to watch my sit on a rower for for an hour? So, um, but I think it's something that needed to be done. It's good they did it on Friday, the first event when there's not as many people there watching and they save the more exciting stuff for when people are going to be there but yeah I thought it was a overall a great test and man they stepped the volume up this year from last year last year the volume was not that high it was more about skill and and how cycle speed and you know the people didn't even look like they were hurting that much after any of the workouts so that wasn't the case this 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 year every single workout people were falling across the finish line um, which is how it should be at regionals you should have to to hurt to get one of those top five spots yeah last year with the exception of the pec tears after day one you pretty much knew based on the yeah. workouts who was going to be in the top five or who at least was going to have a chance yeah the, the workouts were definitely similar in the type of person who was doing doing well on on one workout would do well on another workout this year you know it was all across the board some some guys did well on one workout some guys did well on the other and I think by starting the weekend off with that triple threes you really separated the people who um have work capacity and who don't because you saw some people that normally do really well just fall apart after the triple threes because and and you've seen it like there's some games athletes i'm not going to mention any names but you've seen them fall apart on the endurance events at the games over and over and over again but they still qualify because they're good at the regional events well you can't hide this year you start off with the endurance event and lo and behold they fall apart the rest of the weekend because they could never recover and so i really like to see that it's like weed them out at regionals before they even get a chance to do the long stuff in the games it's interesting y'all's perspective you're like we you can't program to people's strengths you know how that's going to go it feels like to me as you're looking at what what crossfit is doing these days is that it's matured and it's stopped trying to from my perspective it's stopped trying to answer what people are bringing to it like okay well the people have this particular problem with crossfit we're going to throw this in there and show them or we're going to throw that in there so it seems like in as it's matured it's kind of comfortable crossfit is becoming comfortable with what it is 
um, with who's involved with it, you know, and, and I, there's been some rumbling in the past that maybe some of the programming was to try to create a little bit of a dynasty to create some buzz, to get the same people towards the top so we can get this thing moving. I don't know how much truth there was to that, but now it seems like it's almost impossible to do that because there's so many more athletes entering into the pool each year. There's always some surprises. So one of my questions is you're looking at regionals this year. Um, were there any surprises like who is this guy who's this girl where did this person come from did that show up this year with this type of programming being so settled and being across the board not not favoring a particular type of athlete uh the the guy who won the europe region some russian guy never heard of him in my life oh yeah it was the the first uh the first russians to make the game yeah he won the region and what was surprising to me we've only uh at recording they're they're just starting week two so we're only talking about the first week but um, I went back and I was looking at some of the games qualifiers and how they finished in the open. And there was a lot of them that were 16th, 17th, 18th. I think that Russian guy was like 17th or 18th. Two of the guys from the East region, Marquand Jones and Craig Kenny, were both 17th or 18th in the open. And I've said, you know, for a long time that the open favors a smaller type athlete. Well, now you get a more well-rounded test at regionals, and all of a sudden the people who barely qualified for regionals because the open favors a certain type athlete, well, now they're winning their regional. Uh, because the, the test is more well-rounded and, you know, I thought it was the best open test to date, but at the same time, I still think it favors, um, you know, a smaller person who can move, do reps faster than a bigger person. Whereas regional is more about work capacity as opposed to, um, how fast you can do reps. But yeah, I mean, if you go back and start looking how the, the qualifiers, uh, finished in the open, a lot of them were not at the top. And then you saw some people who destroyed the open top five who were in the last heat by day three. So they just, you know, it's, it just goes to show you how different it is being able to do one workout a week, as opposed to six workouts in three days. Um, that really, really exposes and shows you who really is fit and who just can do one workout really good one time a week. What really surprised me, um, I mean, it shouldn't be any really any surprise that Katrin, uh, that Katrin David's daughter ended up at the, uh, at the top of the podium in her region, when, especially when you look at um, you know, who, she was, who she was going against. There wasn't anybody that was going to give her just a real true test, but um, when you looked at just how dominant she was with her scores when um, – I watched her. I watched her do every event except for one, and it was. It looks like a completely different Katrin. Like I've never, I've never seen her with this kind of a, with this kind of intensity and this kind of focus. She is. Um, she's got her eyes on the prize this year. It's going to be very, very difficult to knock her off the podium. I've been very, very impressed with Katrin so far this year. She seems like she has the mindset. She's out to win, and I would not bet against her. Um, one person I was surprised that did, did poorly first week was Alex Vino. He was second in the world in the Open. He's a bigger guy. I thought these workouts were going to really play to his strengths, and he finished 25th in the region, and he said something about how he felt like he was at 75 80% or something. I don't know if he was sick or what the deal is. Um, but, yeah, that was that was very, very surprising. Um, Ooh, how about uh, our boy uh, Jared Enderton? Yeah, Making Jared. Yeah, Jared. Shout out to Jared yeah, if you're listening. Yeah, Jared. Uh, Jared did a, a seminar at our gym in December. Uh, got fifth place in the South Region, so he qualified uh, pretty easily. So, um, congrats to him. 
uh, man, that guy, he is impressive. He sets his mind to something and he just keeps working until yeah. he does it, you know? So, uh, congrats to him. Uh, Brandon Luckett, somebody that I've competed against in the past and man, he has made a m- tremendous amount of improvement in three or four years. Uh, he moved to Texas, started working out with, uh, Travis Williams and Alexis Johnson every day. And, uh, he went from not qualifying to regionals to eighth last year to third this year. So, um, that was awesome to see. On the on the women's side in our region, I was uh I was surprised that uh that uh Tenille, uh Berline didn't do as well. Was really even more surprised at how well Margot Alvarez did. Yeah, and she came back and crushed it. And uh, Margot is just so consistent. She is great. And then Tenille came out and said, "Well, she had altitude poisoning," and I was just like. Everybody was dealing with altitude up there, okay? Like you weren't the only one that was dealing with altitude. It was it was definitely played a role and we can talk about that well, later if, on. If if uh Colleen uh Colleen Fosh, I think if if she didn't know if she didn't know how to handstand walk over that thing, man, I think she would have uh she'd have gotten up there and probably taken that spot. Well, from, she uh, got no rep on her last set of eight thrusters at the very end because she walked forward with it over her head and she got no rep and then she failed a rep after that and then she got passed by four or five people and I don't know the point spread but i think that was enough to cost her going to the games i'm a, I'm a big fan of colleen yeah. i'm looking yeah, I was forward to seeing what she's on that going to too but uh yeah for the first week i would say those are the big surprises i'll tell you about this week that starts this weekend i'm most excited about watching that west regional uh, we talked about that before it is they combine uh both the californias with the northwest and the europe i mean uh canada west and all of a sudden you got nine guys that competed at the games last year all competing in one region and then eight girls that competed at the games last year competing in one region i think was there 13 or 14 former games athletes mm-hmm. competing uh you got joe scaly garrett fisher uh mitch bernard who's never even been to the games ben stoneberg brent Fikowski, christian lucera cole sager cody anderson Samuel uh, Kwan. Uh, he's he, he's injured he pulled out oh he pulled out yeah so. george sanchez josh bridges jeff patzer um, Neil so, Neil Maddox, uh, it's going to be really fun to watch. I think it's going to be one of those. You weekends. mentioned Sager. Yeah, yeah, I think it's going to be one of those weekends where, you know, every workout the the leaderboard just gets Ooh, shuffled man, up, and, so and you're going to go into that last event, which is a really exciting event to watch. And they're going to be man. probably six, seven guys in the hunt for for those last couple <laughs> spots. So I'm excited about that. I guess this episode will probably come out when this is all said and done. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It will, but. Uh, so if you missed it, you can go back go and back, watch go it back on YouTube. Right. Yeah, yeah, Very yeah. exciting. Yeah. When is it? Uh, when does it happen? When's the actual date? Uh, today, uh, uh, Friday, uh, the twenty fifth, May twenty fifth through twenty seventh. Okay. Call it right now. Who's on top? This will. Uh, this will release the day after at midnight. Okay. Uh, uh, I got to go with Fikowski. I can't. Yeah. You can't bet against the guy, man. Mm-hmm. Um, for for the top to the five qualifiers. I would say I would go with Fikowski. I'd say Garrett Fisher. Um, I think Christian Lucero. Uh, he was dominant last year till he got hurt. Um, I don't know. I I really like Joe Scaly. I think he's he might be a little sleeper to get in there. He did really well in the open. And then um, bold prediction: Garrett Fisher does not make the top five. There's mine. Okay. Feels like a, a prediction that bold should come with consequences. Yeah, <laughs> I don't think so. 
Okay, fair <laughs> enough. So here's, here's something I think we should discuss just briefly because we, we talk a lot about uh, programming. We also talk a lot about people's mental game. Um, a lot of these athletes we're very familiar with. You can actually tell a difference from year to year, even from workout to workout. What is it about about regionals that seems to test you, uh, your mental game, different than the Open? Is it, is it all adrenaline? Is it the stakes are higher? I mean, w- what's in the mix there? Uh, I think it's all that combined. Um, I tell people all the time, you don't you don't know what you're what to expect until you actually get out there on the floor. You can you can practice for it all you want. You can do competitions, but it's just completely different on the floor. There's it's just like chaos. There's judges screaming, the the announcers screaming. There's fans everywhere. There's cameras in your face, and you just don't know what's going on. And and you just get you get caught up in the moment. No matter how many times you could have done the workout, all of a sudden you start off, you get a couple no reps, and then your game plan's thrown off. And so I think that's a big part of it. Yeah, adrenaline. I mean, you're just sick to your stomach before every workout. You're so nervous before you walk out, and you got to check in 30 minutes before the workout. You're standing in in the corridor like like some gladiator about to enter the arena. You know, you're just standing there, just waiting, and you're listening. You're hearing the loudspeaker, and you're hearing them. Uh, announcing the workout before and you're hearing when people are coming out and you're trying to kind of peek around the corner to see what's going on but you don't really know and you're thinking about your workout and you're nervous like am I going to get no rep I hope I get a good judge you know all that type of stuff and then you get out there and they see three two one go and all of a sudden everybody's sprinting and it's just chaos and everybody's screaming and especially if you're in the last heat you know the there's a lot of electricity in that last heat when the fast people are going and and so it's really easy to just kind of get caught up and and lose your head a little bit so you know experience plays a big role these people there's a reason these these same people keep qualifying over and over and over again it's not necessarily because they're that much better than everybody else it's because they know how to handle uh the pressure they know what to expect when they get out there they don't they don't freak out when they get a no rep they just keep going they don't lose their composure uh, and they know um, they just know what to expect. They know the feeling of being out there on the floor. So it's all that, you know, rolled into one. And then it's just – it's hard to explain until you've done it, but it is something that it it's completely, completely different than any other workout or competition that you've ever done for sure. Yeah, because I think unlike – and it's hard to compare it to anything, which what you just said, but uh, there isn't this, all right, I'm going to settle in now or I'm going to actually be rewarded for going faster than I would. You have to actually stay on stay on your game. One interesting thing is I'm watching all these official competitions. I don't, I don't know that – I don't know much about this why I'm asking you guys. It seems like there is a lot riding on these judges and these particular no reps. I've been very interested to see that it doesn't seem like there's a lot of language about how these guys are trained, these girls are trained. We don't have any, like, video review. I mean, we're talking about people training, as we mentioned already in this episode, four years to get to these moments. And one no rep could cost you going to the next level. Is this something you guys feel like CrossFit should address? Yeah, uh, 100%, especially after this year, I think. Um, the judging is, I was going to talk about this. This is the biggest thing that needs to change. Um, they have volunteer judges coming out there and which is fine. They don't want to pay judges. Okay. But make it as the same standard across the board. People are, for example, the East regional, they can walk forward with the bar over their head. Well, at our regional at the South regional, you walk forward over your head, you get no rep, then it costs you a trip to the games. It, uh, they're very strict on if your foot steps over the line, that's a no rep. Like, very it's it's more about who can follow the rules and then you're watching and it's just no rep after no rep after no rep on the on the last heat the the fittest people in the region who move 
pretty much pretty close to perfectly and they're getting no reps like what am i getting no rep for and then you got another another person over here who is obviously doing poor reps and they're getting every single rep counted and it they've they've developed a no rep culture in the judges because i watch if you watch between events or between heats that head judge is over there chewing judges out if they didn't give enough no reps he's in their ear screaming at me and i saw it happen to our team right before we went i saw him he was laying into our judge and i was like uh this is not going to be good and that guy literally stood with his arms crossed and if it was even close he was no repping like Mm -hmm. he, he just was so trigger happy to no rep um that it's like it it takes it away from the athlete and puts it in well i hope i get a good judge for this or if i get this judge i'm not going to do well and when you have the fittest people in the world getting five or six no reps out of 30 on thrusters like come on yeah they're squatting below parallel they're locking out overhead um and you can watch some of the no reps and some of the non-no reps and say uh i can't you can't uh tell the difference you might be able to slow it down and pause and maybe ah that might have been on the edge but if it's if it's close the tie should go to the athlete the tie should not go to the judge and and one thing that was very telling to me was in our rope climb workout, we got a no rep and the girl touched the top. I mean, we have it on video. She touched the beam and the judge no repped her. He said, I didn't see you touch the beam. I have to see it or it doesn't count. And Whoa. it's like, well, well, hold on, hold <laughs> on, hold on. Minute, Maybe you should look. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. What if you get distracted and you don't see it? Well, no, that's no rep because I didn't see it. If you didn't see it, that's on you. Right. You should not be penalizing the athlete for that. And, you know, on a workout like that, when we're struggling on, on rope climbs, that just def- completely deflated us, you know, after getting a no rep like that. And, you know, you get five, six no reps in a workout. And she probably like, didn't even hear him call no rep until she was back on the ground, yeah. does she? Yeah. And you can say, you could say that's five to 10%. You know, five to 10% is more than enough to cost you from, you know, a trip to the games or something like that. So I think that. It is a no rep culture. I think at the games they do a lot better because they have the same, you know, judges and they're a lot more confident in them. But I think at regionals, because they're volunteers, they're really strict on them and the head judge is not comfortable with it. And I think the different regions have different head judges who are more lenient and more strict. And you can tell by watching which ones are more lenient and which ones are more strict. And for whatever region, the South regional guy has been super strict the last two years. And, and just some of the no reps, it's their calling and the stuff they're making them do. Uh, it, it's just, it's just not fair in my opinion. Yeah. Like, you know, uh, the, uh, the whole, uh, like the standard, uh, the standards of movement, you know, obviously, I mean, it, it is a rep or it, or it isn't a rep, but I absolutely agree that the uh, that the benefit of a doubt should be given to the athlete. They didn't get this far because they don't know how to squat below parallel and they don't know how to press the bar out all the way. But what, what I think the um, what uh, what I hate for the judges is just like the way that the uh, that the events are set up, where everything is in a lane and everything is in such tight quarters. They have to um, just for the sake of. Uh, athlete safety and stuff like that they have to uh you know they have to have these silly little rules like you know not touching you know not having your foot on the line on the on a certain line while you're doing a thruster and this and that and um and uh you know having to uh step forward into this box before you can start your next set of five and a lot of that is 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 for athlete safety and to make it more entertaining for the crowd which i get but i think you can figure out a better way to do it and not you know cost somebody the games because their toe was on was on the line and uh when uh when the standard of movement is squat and press out <laughs> right 
Well, I think you get to these really high levels of athletic competition. There's, there's everything a, counts. Yeah, there's a lot of that that rolls around, but it just seems like a, a pretty big Achilles going on yeah. when you have actually uh, Reebok announcers that are saying, hey, you just can't let a no rep shake you. I mean, they're actually saying you're going to get no rep and it's probably going to be unfair, but you've just got to gotta keep going. It just seems like something that we all recognize that needs to be addressed. Yeah. And here's the interesting piece because I, we talk about this in our local gyms on a daily basis. You know, as we're involved with competition with each other, we're watching people that are new to CrossFit, teaching them about what a rep is and what a rep isn't, not to cheat reps. But you guys are saying people at this at this caliber, they're not trying to get ahead by cheating reps. No, no, no. Yeah. And, there, and there's a fine line between, I mean, there's, there, well, not a fine line. There's a big difference between saying, uh, making sure they're hitting the standard and then being super nitpicky or, oh, uh, that was barely half an inch below parallel that wasn't far enough below parallel for my liking i'm gonna no rep them or i saw a quarter inch bend in their elbow overhead i'm no repping them it, it's very it's very rare that just blatant no reps don't get called yeah it, i mean if it's blatant call it yeah. but other than that i mean like just from where i watch i watch reps you know i look i look for standards too and even like like i'll see them call no reps and i'm like what why yeah whatever Uh, keep going (laughs) yeah and we can go back and we got all our whole team's uh workout on video and you can review the video and see some of the no reps and it's like he was squatting below parallel why are you no repping him like we got a bunch of no reps on power snatch because they weren't and they were literally there the our judge was making them hold overhead for almost two seconds every single rep it's like that is a lot of energy wasted holding that bar overhead and then you get gun shy, so you're sitting there looking at your judge every single rep, yeah. making sure, does that count? Does that count? Does that count? All the meanwhile, all the other teams are just moving on and farther ahead of you. And, you know, when you're fighting for, you know, a top five spot and the team next to you is just blowing through the workout, no problem, and you're having to look at your judge every single rep to make sure it counts, you know, that, that, that takes a lot of time. Yeah. So I don't know how the judges in the grid league were trained, but that's how – yeah, the, the CrossFit judges should yeah. be should yeah. be trained. And treated. I agree. I think you know, I, I think the the answer is look. You're charging the athletes for open. You're charging them to go to regionals. You're charging them to go to the games. You're making a ton of money off of this stuff. Just get a gr- a crew of judges that you know that goes to each regional for three weeks that are trained professional judges. You know they can all be level one certified coaches or whatever. You know. Uh, seminar staff like to use at the games use those same judges fly them around yeah it's going to cost you a little bit extra so what you know the, if you want to make a be a professional sport you can't have spectators people will line up at the door to take take that job too yeah yeah for sure and like you know pe- people in the nfl you're not calling a, a judge out of the stands to to judge the sideline at the nfl you know what i mean so you know you don't you don't got some we all wish they would right you, you don't have some guy who's who's running to they should running times you don't have some guy running yankee stadium after work taking his his suit off and putting on his his uniform outfit you know like but that's what it's going on at crossfit and it's still it's a young sport it's growing tremendously fast i get it um these are growing pains but i think that They've got just about everything right at this point. Get the judging stuff right at regionals because it's costing people trips to the games every single year. And they talk about it, but, you know, CrossFit kind of pushes it down under. But I think the more and more it happens, it's going to be talked about more and more. So just professionalize the staff, pay a little bit more uh, money, fly them around, let the same judges judge all three weekends. 
and just make it more professional. Yeah, of all the variables that are out there that, that cannot be controlled for an athlete, that's one that, and I think that's why athletes are so sensitive to that because they're constantly trying to control these variables of how they're feeling physically, how their training's going. There's just so much riding on these particular events. I think Reebok would do well just to close the gap. And you're right, there's no lack of profit margin at this level and how things are going so well let's you guys have talked a little bit about this and i'm really eager to hear because we were exceptionally proud of the athletes that uh, got to regionals this year and the way that they performed i'd love to just for a few minutes kind of break down what you guys saw what, what you were proud of what you were surprised by just generally observing as people who have trained with these guys and led these guys in training how you felt about uh, team coyote and their performance at regionals this year uh, watching uh, watching from home on uh, on the live stream, uh, you know, I was I was just so incredibly proud of just how how we went toe to toe with uh, with the best in the region the entire weekend. I mean, we were the Saturday class got done and we watched the uh, we watched that that ten forty uh, workout, the first workout on uh, on Saturday. And man, everybody was going nuts. I mean, we were going fanboy crazy in the gym. It was <laughs> it was just it was so cool to see. Uh, when they would show the top 10 leaderboard to see Coyote CrossFit on there every single workout, every single time. Even though we didn't get a lot of love from the uh, from the announcers, you know, still our name was out there. Man, it was, it was so cool. So cool to see. Yeah, it was, man, I couldn't have been prouder of those guys. You know, last year was our first year to send a team. We got 22nd place, which we were, we were fine with. That was about how we had barely qualified. So we were happy with it. And, you know, we didn't have a whole lot of experience on the team. Uh, this year we come back, uh, we got four people on the team that were on the team last year. It was just a completely different mindset from from the start of the Open on. Last year it was all about, can we maybe we can qualify a team, you know, you know, let's do everything we can to get a team. We're, we're killing it. We're not sure if we're going to make it. We make it, and then it's just like, oh, we're happy to be here. And, you know, you got the wide-eyed thing going on with everybody. We can get out there. And um, this year was completely different. It was, you know – from week, from week two on, we were we knew we were in, and it was it was like all right, let's get our minds right, let's let's go, um, let's let's do the best we can. Training everybody trained really really hard leading up to regionals. Um, I think they all told me it was the hardest training they'd ever done, um, but they were ready. You know, we get out there and you're we're in that last heat the first day I remember last year watching that last heat and there's so much more electricity in it and I was like man we need to get in that last heat because that's going to help out a lot and sure enough we were in that last heat the first day based on our open finish and we stayed in that last heat all weekend so that was really really cool and I think the first day it was a little bit of uh do we belong here you know yeah, we did well in the open, but this is you know, look; those are games athletes right there. They're only th- a few few lanes down from us, and do we? And and but then after first day, we were in ninth, and saw something. Well, hey, we do belong out here with these guys. And then we came out and we did really well on the first workout. I think we got fourth on the first mm-hmm. workout uh, on Saturday, and then the second workout was the one we were really nervous about the thruster burpee because it hadn't gone so well in practice, and then executed almost perfectly. Um, with the heavier worm and got six on that it was like oh man we're we're only 16 points out of qualifying position like man we deserve to be here and you know the the rope climb workout didn't go as as it did in practice and and that's on me we we don't have a short cut rope at the at the gym and I didn't ever cut one for us and I just underestimated how much of an impact the short rope makes uh if you watch you'll see that 
the short rope moves a lot and it makes it a lot harder to hook your feet in. So it just takes practice. We'd tied the, the long rope up, but it just, it doesn't move as much as the short rope does. And we just kind of blew up on the rope climbs and fell way behind. And then got, like I said, we got a lot of no reps on that. And so that workout went really poorly, but, um, overall, you know, I thought that, man, they did awesome. Eighth place top 10 is that's a incredible for a super region, uh, finish. We were the third best team in our region and people notice, you know, people, we had a lot of people coming up to us saying, wow, you guys really impressed us this weekend. We're really impressed by what you guys did. Um, you know, we represented the state. Well, we had a couple of people stop us, um, cause they're from Mississippi and they're like, man, it's, it's good to see, uh, another, another one of us out here, you know, because, you know, it, South Central is just so predominantly Texas. And then you get out in Salt Lake City and it's mostly Southwest teams like Arizona, Utah and stuff. So, um, overall, Every, I could, everybody was wondering what, what the symbol was. Yeah, <laughs> What's that symbol there? Yeah. <laughs> That'd be the that's, state of Mississippi. That's a state. What state is that? Uh, but man, it was, I could not have been prouder of them. And it was, it was just fun to be out there, it, like Chris said, man, seeing that, our name up there. And Chris and I have been together, you know, at Coyote for five years now. And and to see, you know, that name up on the screen in that last heat and then call the name out and see that banner up on that uh, – up on the rig, man, that was that's just so cool. See it up there with the best in the region. And, and I think it just left everybody hungry. You know, everybody is hungry and wants to put in even more work and, and – eliminate the few holes that we have and and just make a run at it next year yeah, very very surreal almost I remember last year going to uh, going to regionals there in San Antonio and after it was over I went back uh, went back uh, stage to, or backstage back behind the rig to go get our uh, to go get our banner I remember like getting that banner and just staring at it you know for for about three or four minutes it's like just seeing that big coyote crossfit across that board man it's awesome yeah yeah, I mean, you guys took a big step to even get the thing rolling and now to now see the the fruits of your labor. And and also t- talking about that five-year time frame, I mean, this is represents years of commitment and a lot of things, let's be honest, a lot of things had to go right you know, oh, yeah. to, to get to this place. But one of those things is you guys, your commitment to programming, your commitment to having a well-rounded athlete, to talk about everything from mental fitness to nutrition. I mean, you know, one, the one thing that I've noticed over the the weeks leading up to is that you couldn't joke around with any of these guys. Like there was no <laughs> like, Hey, what's up? Let's have a joke session for about yeah. 30 minutes and yeah, then start training. They were literally like, get, I don't have time for you. Get out of the way. You know, just that sort of focus. We, we had a whole lot going on yeah. <laughs> this yeah. pa- the past yeah. month. <laughs> yeah. Which I think, you know, to, to the average athlete that's in the gym, that's actually um, a very impressive thing to see. I mean, you, you have this level of, these guys have this level of discipline right now. You get a fist bump before they start to train. That's a big deal, you know, and to see that payoff was, was pretty cool. And, and I'm with you to see Cody CrossFit come across and it isn't like, Oh, well, we just accidentally got invited to this. Uh, and, and I noticed there wasn't a lot of screen time going on. You know, we're just not that well known, but that started to change, you know. Yeah. And uh, not I, yet. I, I think even in, in admitting some, some humility there, well, this was on me or that was on me. Well, maybe so, maybe not. But the interesting thing for me to think about is that over the years, sticking with what you guys are doing to get these athletes prepared to this level is only going to get better and better and better. Yeah, definitely. And and like you said, you know, the difference between the games athletes and everybody else is how serious they take it. We we went out there early and we were training at Salt Lake City CrossFit. They sent two teams to the games. They had three teams qualify. 
First thing I noticed, they have all the equipment. They got the assault runner. They had the handstand walk obstacle. They got two worms with the right weight. They got the cut ropes. They got it all. And so they're practicing on that stuff over and over. They take it serious. You know, you're, you're not going to compete with a team who has all the equipment, who's practicing all. If you're just working with a makeshift worm and you're just running outside and not using the treadmill and all that type of stuff. So that's like, if you want to, to compete at the highest level, you got to take it serious. And then, you know, we're watching these people, um, train like these former games athletes come in. They're not, they're not, I mean, they're joking around when they're done with training, but when it's time to train, they are hundred percent serious like that. It is business. It's time to get to work. We're doing the work. We'll joke around afterwards, but right now we are, are moving. If somebody gets in my way, I'm pushing them out of the way. You know, I mean, it's, it's serious. And there's that, that's the separator. They take it, they treat it like a job. They treat it like professionals. And it's like, uh, there's a book called turning pro. It's like, there's a point where if you want to be exceptional at something, you have to turn pro. You can't be an amateur anymore. And that was my biggest takeaway from this weekend was, hey, if we want to be, you know, competing at the games, if we want to be up there at the highest level with these other people, we have to act like professionals. We got to do everything right, dot all the I's, cross all the T's, make sure we're, we've got, con- con- we're controlling everything we can control because if you're not doing it, somebody else is going to do it and they're going to take your spot. And so it's, I think it was like the turning pro point for Coyote CrossFit this weekend. And I think we all saw it like, Hey, if we're close, but if we want to make it to the next level, we got to, to take the next step. So that, that was my takeaway. It's a, uh, I mean, it's a commitment that we've made, uh, that we've made as a gym. Um, you know, we, uh, we talked uh, about a year ago um, about you know making sure that we had um, just for the way that we conduct ourselves in general, not just when we go to competitions or just how we uh, how we program for our uh, for our regional athletes, but our our gym as a whole. You know, we uh, our our goal is to be to be professional when we make when we make decisions. We think is this what a what a professional gym would do and. Uh, that's uh that's what we're kind of using right now to to guide our our decision makings in everything not just how uh, not just how we program but i mean you know how we uh how we organize uh things in the restroom you know keeping the keeping the front desk clean and things like that we want it, we want everything that we do to be absolutely professional that's right there's a there's a uh statement how you do anything is how you do everything so how you take care of the little things is going to um is going to transfer over into how you take care of the big things. And so until you treat the little things like a professional, you're not going to take care of everything. So, you know, I think that was, that was the biggest takeaway. And Chris is completely right. You know, we want to be a professional gym, um, in the class in competitions, all that type. And so it's just one more step towards that. So just a question as a guy that's uh, always trying to think from the average Joe rolling in after work, trying to get a good workout in, there's obviously going to be benefits for the entire gym. This approach is going to affect things from the top down. But how do you guys see this rolling out with just the average guy, the average girl that's coming into Coyote CrossFit? Like, what are the benefits they're going to receive? And how can if we're all sitting in a in a gym cheering this team on and having all this like, there's a certain level of pride for us wearing Coyote or around town in our everyday lives. What is our, what is our responsibility? Is it just what? get out of the way, or how, how does that? Uh, go? No, I think I mean I think you said it, man. I mean, we want to we want to for everybody that comes into coyote to have a sense of pride in the community that they're, uh, that they're involved in. I know, um, when, when me and Hunter went on the, uh, went on the radio, uh, 
couple uh, a couple of weeks ago, right before right before regionals, um, one of our uh, one of our members uh, he said he was driving to Meridian and he just happened to have the radio on. And I mean, he's he's been with us for uh, uh, several months. And uh, he said he was driving and yeah, you know, he's like listening to us on the radio. And he was and uh, the first thing that popped in his mind was like, man, I go to the best gym in the city. And uh, <laughs> and but I mean, you know that that's what we want, man. We want. Uh, you know, we want people, you know, not to have not to have an elitist attitude or anything, but but take uh, just take pride in what they're doing and where they're doing it. Yeah. And and I don't think it's get out of the way. These guys are more important than you. That's not the case at all. You know, I think that it, the team just kind of can show you first, you know, how serious if you take it serious, how much progress you can make. And look, yeah, we're all for jokes and having a good time and everything. But when it's time to work, it's time to work, you know. And then I think they can also show you what can be done, be motivation. Say, hey, man, look, that that person, if if he's going through it, I can go through it too, you know. If if he's put, if he's showing up six days a week, I'm showing up six days a week. If he's giving it all out, I'm giving it all out. And you know, you watch them do these workouts, and and they're the fittest people in the gym, and they're smoked and laid out afterwards. They're like, well, you know, he's way fitter than me, or she's way fitter than me, and they're smoked after this workout. It's fine for me to be smoked too. But I think it's all community and pride, like Chris said. You know, taking pride in in your gym, and and maybe you're not on the competition team. Maybe you just represent by giving your best effort every single day, or having a good attitude around town, or when you're wearing a coyote shirt, you know, you're friendly to people and people are like, Oh, those, those coyote people are, they're really friendly. Every time yeah. I see one, somebody with that shirt, they're smiling and, and friendly and they're fit and all that type of stuff. So it's just having pride and, and being a part of the family. That's, you know, that's, we, we talk about the coyote family all the time and, you know, they're, you know, everybody has a different role in a family and, and some people are to compete. Some people are to do the class. Some people are, you know, the motivators. Some people just come in and do the work and, and try hard and leave. But, you know, figuring out what your role is and, and playing it and, and giving a hundred percent effort to whatever you do. Yeah. I love that part of the, the community that's developed inside of Coyote is that we, we may not all be suffering the same, but we can suffer together and uh, we and of course we affectionately call work suffering <laughs> inside of CrossFit. <laughs> but I've been a, I've sitting here rolling back through the past year. There have been times where I've literally done a workout with people that were at regionals. Now they were throwing heavier um, wall balls than me and lifting heavier dumbbells, but we were in it together. And I was getting a number of reps just like they were. And in some way they were they were pushing me for sure but in some way they made it feel like I was pushing them just by being there which is I think that's a very unique uh, uh, makeup chemistry of what goes on inside of our gym and I think it's actually really attractive once people step into Cody and they they get through those on-ramp kind of the shock of those on-ramp sessions and then they join in with the class they realize this is something different and uh, there's a reason why I think the back door inside of Cody is closing pretty quickly is because we've got something pretty special going on there off main street in madison and it's it's not only is it showing day in and day out as people are showing up to do workouts as these guys have been preparing for murph for what feels like a year and a half getting yeah. ready for murph it's been six weeks Come yeah on. yeah right <laughs> not only that uh week to week but also on a national scale which that's a really big source of pride for me to know it isn't just about how close that blue line is coyote crossfit but it's seeing that that community family positive motivator everybody is trying to get to the same destination to see that showing up and to see it working you know usually when you see these environments of success it's because people are stepping all over each other and we are proving different and that that's pretty cool to me yeah in what other sport can you watch somebody compete and then 
the next week compete right there next to them. You know, that's that's the coolest thing about CrossFit is you can watch the team um, compete all weekend and then you can come and do Murph on Monday with them, you know, right there next to them and, and, and go through the same stuff. And I, I, I can't think of any other sport where that's the case. Um, and so that's that's just really, really cool. Yeah, we're, you guys are doing a great job with that. I just want to, every chance I get, I want to publicly celebrate the type of culture that you guys have set up inside of CrossFit and inside of our town. And I think it's something that other gyms would do well to pay attention to. So, so we're, you know, wrapping up this segment, we do want to say we're just incredibly proud of each of those athletes that um, made it to regionals, that performed, that did us proud. I mean, that's, that's something they should be exceptionally proud of. One of my curiosities uh, how long is the break after regionals before you start to prepare for regionals the next year? Uh, well, that's what we're what we're going to be uh, what we're going to be meeting about today. We'll have a little bit of a transition week um, next week after uh, after Murph, and then it's back to work. <laughs> uh, yeah, a week. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I know some of them have already been doing stuff. Uh, I try to tell them to take the week off, but you know it's 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 hard <laughs> it's hard to get them to, to not come to the gym I think Nate was in there Monday morning or something so or Tuesday morning uh but yeah it's you know it if you do what you love you don't want to take time off and and you know that's the guys love they love working out and and they don't want to take the time off and they they're hungry you know they're hungry they want to get back at it so you got to kind of rein them in sometimes but yeah um a week for sure and then maybe like a easier get back onto a week and then um, starting to hit it hard after that. So we can expect to go into Cody uh, this week and see one of those ropes uh, cut <laughs> about five feet off the floor. That's right. Yeah. Oh, man, that is not going to be exciting for most of us. <laughs> we need to lock in our feet just about six inches off the floor to climb up that thing. Yeah, so. yeah, yeah. All right, so we talked about this uh, just briefly when it, when it came to judges, but my curiosity is still there about what, what are some things as you guys are just such keen observers of what's going on at the sport at a larger level. Uh, what are some things that you think need to change in this regional testing other than um, the scope of the judges? I'm still, I mean, I don't know how you do it logistically, but I still think that they're, um, are you saying from the judges just overall? No, overall. I think we, um, we I pretty th- much tore up the judge well, scene. I, I, so. think, I think there needs to be another qualifying step somewhere in there, maybe before you get to regionals. Like have a have a regional within your own region and then go to the super regional. I mean that's something that I that I personally would like to see, but I mean I just it's a lot of money. I just don't know how how you do that. I agree with Chris. I I still think the cut down from the open to regionals is too big. I think you cut down to sixty, have a regional uh, like they used to have, then you cut down to top twenty, they move on to the super regional, which is what they have now, yeah. um, and then you take the top five and go to the games. I, th- I think you know you just see it every year the difference between one workout a week in your own gym compared to on-site competition is just it's it's a it's a completely different game and so you know there's a few people that do well on both but a lot of times the people who are doing well on one are not doing well on the other one and vice versa so I think that cutting down the 20 out of 10,000 is way too big of a cut and you know it it leaves it like if you have one bad workout like a few reps can cost you hundreds of spots and so I think I think you take take out the room for error um cut down the 60 have a regional cut down the 20 for a super regional and then cut down to to five for the games you think finances would be a real limiter there though chris 
I mean, I don't know about all that. I'm just, I would just imagine that having a com- another competition would be a pretty expensive undertaking when you get into like renting venues and um, having to transport equipment and all that kind of stuff. I mean, you might could, uh, you might could get around that by, you know, you make the regional, let's call it the super regional, uh, only have maybe two heats for male, female, and team. So you only have a uh, six heats per. Uh, uh, per workout, I think that might that, that could possibly help a little bit. That way, you're not having to provide for as many athletes. Maybe you kind of, you know, cut the cost somehow that way. But um, I mean, oh, that I don't know. Not uh, that's about that's a that's above my pay grade. I don't know how to figure that out. <laughs> so um, I'll get a uh, I'll just uh, let them take that and run with it. Well, how close are we to having these big big time sponsors moving into this to to radically affect all that anyway? Yeah, I'd love to see Nike get involved and. Yeah, I would. I, I would love to see something like how they do, like how they do the Masters, with um, where you've got different tournaments and stuff that you have to do throughout the year. Yeah, but um, yeah, we've talked about that, and I still think there'll be some kind of professional CrossFit league at some point that'll be separate from the games. But um, I don't know. I mean, I don't know why there's not more more sponsors in there. Why how why can't you get another big name in there that's going to throw a lot of money and and do something like that? It, I don't know the inside workings of it all, but I would love to see something like that. Other than other than adding another step to the process, um, I thought the workouts were great. You know, everything runs right on time. Uh, you know, the, the 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 television aspect of it, yeah, they kind of focus on the same people over and over. I'd like to see more pulled back views so you can kind of watch everybody instead of just zooming in. And they have a tendency, like – there'll be a race at the very end between two people and all of a sudden they'll cut to somebody else like standing resting like why are you cutting away from the race at the very end of the workout i don't want to see who <laughs> wins that. you know yeah, yeah. and it i just don't think they've got it completely they, figured out yet uh so i'd like to see a little bit better quality um televised i, I, I wish that, i wish they would they would have stuck with broadcasting it on youtube instead of facebook live like the 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 uh, video quality was so much better on YouTube. Yeah, yeah. Facebook Live is is not the best, uh, but overall, I think they're doing a good job. I think it's getting better every Get it year. Together, I, I think the I, th- I think the programming <laughs> is is getting better and better every year, and um, they're just raising the level of the competitors. Like it's crazy to think five years ago, like they were just doing handstand walk, and people were barely able to make it hundred feet, and now like they're walking up and over these these obstacles and some people are doing without falling one time is pretty amazing. Yeah. Watching these athletes perform. I mean, it's just, you know, it's unbelievable to see what the human body can accomplish. So I think at this point we're kind of getting down to splitting hairs just a little bit, except for saying that we believe everything has a growth pattern, right? So Mm -hmm. I think, I think we're getting close to these guys really surprising us by the way that they, they respond. I mean, there's an incredible amount of people around the world that are actually paying attention to this now. And I think this past regional actually shows that. I mean, there's just a lot of people keeping up with it. And it's not just you guys that can rattle off the names of these athletes. A lot of people are following these athletes because like you said, Hunter, it's, it's just like when you're out playing around with golf and you know the top 15 golfers because you feel like in some way your experience matches their experience. And I, I think we're pretty close to seeing this thing uh, take another step up, you know, and I, and I think the guys that pay attention to this because it's their life are actually way out ahead of this 
more than we think they are. Uh, but yeah, when, when I look at it, I don't see these huge glaring mistakes. Like this just doesn't make any sense. And what we know is when that happens, the CrossFit community is not quiet about it. <laughs> we are a very, oh, yeah. very vocal community. And thankfully, I think we should give a lot of kudos to, to Reebok and to CrossFit. They make pretty quick adjustments uh, when that happens. They don't often say, no, we're not, we're not going to pay attention to that. So I think yeah. it's a real testament as we're sitting some here. Some things. Yeah, as we're sitting here trying to break down what they could do better or what they need to change, we have fewer and fewer things to talk about as we rehash this conversation. Yeah. At the end of the day, it's a sport we've chosen. So. Yeah, yeah. So, all right, we got to move to our uh, next segment here. And I think I've officially been demoted from uh, going to the outside the box. I think it has to be Hunter from now on. Outside the box. <laughs> that was higher than normal. Man, so Ooh. impressive. I think regionals has this guy really fired up. <laughs> Everything with excellence. Hey, How you do anything. I was an honor choir in sixth grade, bro. <laughs> Come at me. I totally would. A lot of honor there. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I totally would have pegged that. All right. So as we get outside the box, I thought this was a very interesting topic to choose because it, it is often the source of debate and most people talk about how the second anything is just total garbage but interestingly enough in researching this there are some quality sequels out there to movies that are not they're not opinion based i mean sometimes you got well i just like the first one so i'm going to give the second one a pass but there's some pretty quality movie sequels out there we're going to discuss today mm-hmm Yes. So uh, yeah, Chase yeah. has been <laughs> silently waiting now to to jump in here at this, this at this point. So we start at what do we got? The top? It's the top three today, right? Yeah, starting yeah. at three. Yeah. So we want to start at three. Just work our way around, and we'll start with you, uh, Chase, because everything will be up uphill from there, right? Thank you. Really gets me excited <laughs> to do this segment every time. All right. So my number three, uh, I think it may come out of nowhere. Right, how are we defining sequel? It's just like the second movie in a it series. It has to be the second. Okay. That's okay. Because the second wait a minute, wait, pause, let's pause. <laughs> what do you call the third one then? I think you can. You What's can the use term? It's the, it's the last of the trilogy. I think you can. A, you a can use this, any any subsequent one as a sequel. any follow up. Yeah, to, I, okay. I would, I would say right. that. I, I don't often use the word sequel. The, that isn't way. the third the sequel to the second one? Yeah, it is. Uh, okay. If you define it that way, I don't know because I don't know the name. The name for when the third I researched one, so. it, they had some, some. I guess we're just living some, in a subjective reality. They had they had like the third. <laughs> when I, when you type in top top movie sequels of all time, they have like the third in a trilogy on there because that's a sequel to the sequel. So okay, well then I'm gonna own my answer. Then my number three is Austin Powers Gold Member, the most perfect one of all three of them. No, I, I listen. It's the one that I grew up with. There's a little bit you of sentimental see it, value. But Chase gave Chris the hand, like, listen, he held his hand. Like, this is serious. I knew Chris of all people was going to be like, oh, wait a second. <laughs> but it's just, I think that movie is just consistently good throughout the whole time. There's no lulls. Christopher Walken's incredible. It's Austin Powers' dad. Uh, isn't that right? Who, you know who it was? No. Um, it was. Um, who the, the heck was his the, dad? The, 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 guy, the, guy for, the guy that plays Alfred in the new Batman series. And, and oh, was, Michael Caine. I don't yeah, know why Michael I said Kane. Christopher Walken. Yeah. yeah. Anyway. Equally as awesome as a uh, Christopher Walken. Christopher Walken a choice <laughs> that would have been incredible. Yeah. Can you imagine him trying to do a British accent. <laughs> <laughs> that, that that's worth the price of admission, right there. My favorite part of the whole movie is Seth Green as uh, as his son coming back yeah. and like owning yeah. the the Doctor Evil role, right? Yeah. As Doctor Evil is no longer evil. Yeah, per, per, picture perfect end of the movie. So my number three with the strong Spoiler strong. Alert. Yeah. 
Yeah, I want to. We're going to change the subject man. before I just start quoting all awesome powers movies. <laughs> I love gold. <laughs> is that the one with Fat Bastard in it? Easy. He was Jeez. in the second one. It's a family friend. He's show. in the third one too, though. He, can he shows up yeah, in a, yeah, as a in, sumo he's wrestler. In he's in both. Yeah. Oh yeah. But the the strobing device is in the second one that you find in the toilet. <laughs> <laughs> all right. So yeah, my number three awesome powers gold member. Right. What do you got, Hunter? Uh, so my number three is a flashback to my childhood. Uh, I've probably seen this movie well over a hundred times. Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles 2, The Secret of the Ooze. Whoa. You thought it was better than the first one? Yeah, man. oh, it was way better than the first one, man. Oh, I, I like the first one, but I love the second Wait, one. The, the game isn't sequels that are that better than the first one. Ice was in it. It's just like, just good sequels, <laughs> Yeah, right? Yeah, good sequels, yeah, but I still liked it better than the first one anyway. That's fair, yeah. Uh, yeah, it had vanilla ice in it. <laughs> uh, <laughs> that's all I got to say that's about it. That's the selling point. <laughs> man, I don't think I need to say anymore. <laughs> <laughs> no, man, I lo- oh, that was a great movie. Uh, I could still probably quote almost the whole movie from from the, uh, to you from the beginning. Uh, I watched it not too long ago. Actually, when we were in Salt Lake City, uh, City, we were hiking, and I told Ty we were walking through those hills, and I was like, Ty, this reminds me of the scene uh, when they're finding the ooze and they find those big overgrown uh, flowers out in the uh, on the hills. You know what I'm talking about? I was like, I expect to find some big overgrown flower out hills out here. So, uh, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles 2 uh, featuring Vanilla, Vanilla Ice. Ice. Yeah, you win. <laughs> Follow that, Chris. All right, my uh, my number three is uh, is Terminator Two: Judgment Day. Easy pick. Nice. It, yeah, infinitely better than the than the first one. The, the best Terminator movie out of all of them, for sure. Mm-hmm. Um, that that was uh, that was right when they uh, when they started uh, like oh, the whole CGI craze uh, started. And I mean, they, I mean, they did it. The the uh, graphics in that movie still hold up today. It's amazing what they're able to do in that movie. Yeah. Yeah, so that was uh, that was my number three. Really? So, yeah, I mean, because I re- I remember watching that movie, thinking this is I have no categories for how awesome this, this is. The psychiatric oh, yeah. ward uh, scenes are yes. unparalleled. Yeah. They're yeah. so good. The whole thing. I mean, it was the first time I remember. Uh, I don't know what year did that come out. I don't even remember nah. when it was released. But nineties. Uh, I was young. I yeah, was I young remember. when it came out, and I just. I was mesmer- the whole time. I'm like, "What is this?" You know, it's one of those uh, movies where you just comp- you get completely lost in what's going on. You're on the edge the, of your seat. 1991. Yeah, there you go. Unreal. The, I mean, uh, it didn't get any better for me than the uh, than the minigun scene where they when they go back to the to the lab and he walks out to the edge of it with a minigun just starts spraying everybody <laughs> down the street. Yeah, the yeah, whole movie awesome. completely nuts. So I, I think when people when you say Terminator, that's actually the movie people are talking about. Oh yeah. Yes. I, oh, yeah. I, I like the whole, you know, taking the bad guy and bringing him back as the good guy and, you know, that that whole variable. Yeah, so that's good that twist. Was, yeah, that was really cool. All right, I guess I'll go with my number two. We'll see if uh, Chris yells at me again. Uh, <laughs> Most <but> my, likely. <laughs> my number two is also a top five favorite movie for me. It's uh, Toy Story 2. Uh, no, I'm not yelling at you on that one. Thank you. Yeah. It is uh, Better than the first one, I thought. That is true, yeah. But they're all three incredible movies. Mm-hmm. I, you can set it out of the gate, but two is just something different. It is stupid good. From Big Al to uh, to the new characters with like Jesse coming in and uh, the ins- the prospect inspector, perfect villain of any movie ever. I don't care. You can't you, debate me on like, this. Did you like two better than three? Um, I actually thought three was the best. Yeah, I, I do think it is mainly, and I think the build up is what sold it mm-hmm. as well. Which oh, I guess I I didn't do the right. I did the. <laughs> I went with number two Instead on this one. Three, yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 yeah so I probably would switch it to three, but just for the sake of uh, 
for the sake of keeping my list the same, I'll keep it at two. I think you can make a case that Toy Story 2 is the greatest sequel of all time. I mean, I think it might be the Are highest. Are you spoiling your list? No, oh, I don't have okay. it on my list. But okay. I think I'm just saying you can make the case for that. Yeah. I, th- I yeah. think it's like that, maybe the highest rated uh, reviewed movie ever. Yeah, I think it's still 100% on Rotten Tomatoes. Yeah. Wow. It was it was one of the original 100. Mm-hmm. percent That's a lot more common now. They're yeah. a lot more lenient with their reviews. But yeah, I, I definitely think you can make a case for that. Well, everyone's thinking, how do you follow Toy Story? You know, I mean, that movie itself was pretty epic. Revolutionary. It was. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so, it changed the game. Yeah. For, for movies, I mean, you for know, so movies. how do you how do you do that? Well, you show a guy eating Cheetos. That's <laughs> how you, do that. you know what I mean? Genius. All right, Hunter. Yeah. Uh, my number two is The Dark Knight. Uh, <laughs> I had a feeling this would be on other people's list too, but what a, that's just a great movie. And Heath Ledger as the Joker. I mean, what an iconic role. Uh, we all know the the what that led to for him. But um, man, what a great great movie. You know, I'm I'm not a huge superhero movie fan, but the the Christopher Nolan. Uh, Batman movies were all three of them were awesome, but the dark Knight was the best in my opinion. And, um, that, that's one of my, my favorite movies ever. So definitely number two, dark Knight. My number two is, uh, D two, the mighty ducks. <laughs> the, 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 the best, the best coming in with a sports movie. I knew it <laughs> with a, what a sports movie. Oh yes. Oh yeah. Uh, definitely, uh, definitely the best out of the, uh, out of the two or out of the three rather. And, um, it was just, uh, um, uh, just the uh, just the storyline is what made it so awesome. Going to like this little this little mini Olympics, basically, and you know they they kind of tied in the whole uh, uh, the whole U.S. against uh, against Russia from the '80s, except it's Iceland now, and uh, that was that was awesome. So many memorable characters just from that uh, from that show in general. I think you quote that one more than you quote Down Periscope. <laughs> I, th- I think you are right on that one. <laughs> yeah, I love how offended you I, are. We've connected that movie I've to you. I've never quoted Down Periscope <laughs> to you ever. So. All right, well, this, I think this is a little faster than normal because we have a lot of repeats. But uh, for I put for my number two, I put Toy Story 2 as well. Sweet. Yeah, thinking through a lot of the reason, though, is that what's incredible to me is that they kind of the storyline is so congruent it just kind of overlaps you know as you think about toy story there are definitely memories that can help you scenes that can help you remember which one is which but if mm-hmm. you just think about it you see the whole the whole story together yeah and i know those guys having having read a little bit about their company uh theory and all that that's probably a big win for them we all experienced toy story as all three of those put together but right. When you when you're able to answer because you know this the second album is usually not very good right mm-hmm. that's why we're having this segment sophomore slump yeah the sophomore slump those guys are like uh, bump sophomore slump we're yep. gonna take it to the next level so. it's, actually it kind of has that uh, Terminator factor when I think of, think of Toy Story the first one I think of is Toy Story two I don't it, I kind of skip one yeah most of the time. yeah but if you were to think about the scenes you would go back and like oh yeah that happened to one that happened to one. Yeah, pr- pretty crazy to me. You know, mm-hmm. my favorite out of all the out of all those guys there, the army guys. I don't know oh, why. Yeah. <laughs> just so, so awesome to me. Just like the self-sacrificing little <laughs> plastic army men is pretty yeah. awesome. All right, number one. This ought to be interesting. Uh, no, it won't be because it's the Dark Knight. Uh, <laughs> the most perfect sequel we of all time. That, yeah, yeah. We should have predicted that. Yeah, top, mm-hmm. top, like literally number one movie of all time for me. So easy answer, number one. I won't go into it too much. Yeah, so you've let that out of the it. bag before. That yeah, yeah, I, so. yeah. I remember now. Uh, so my number one is Star Wars Empire Strikes Back. Mm. Um, I think that was the original 
good sequel, um, except for maybe The Godfather 2. Uh, but, you know, Star Wars, the first one, is kind of all feel good. Everything finishes on a on a, uh, a good note. And then Star Wars uh, Empire Strikes Back is it says a lot more darker. You know, the, mm-hmm. uh, the Empire That's comes... That's the way to do a sequel. Yeah, yeah, yeah. they come back, they get, they get their revenge, and the, the movie ends with... You know, everybody up in the air, you don't know what's going on. Han Solo's and Frozen and uh, with Jabba the Hutt and all that type of stuff. Yeah, and not the movie. Not the movie. He's actually frozen. Yeah, yeah, he's okay. frozen. Yeah, yeah. I just no. want to confuse the audience. Yeah, and so, uh, yeah, and, and it just leaves it open-ended. Like, oh, wow, like we thought this was going to be an easy win for the for the good guys. And then all the all of a sudden, the, the bad guys are coming in and kind of uh, wrecking shop a little bit. It, it, there's some interesting... Uh, trips throughout the galaxy, some cool, some cool planets and stuff. So I really liked uh, Star Wars: Empire Strikes Back. I thought it was probably the best of the three, in my opinion. I think it set the uh, a pattern for like future trilogies. So, like every trilogy you see nowadays is like the second mm-hmm. one just goes dark, dark, yep, dark, yep, just yep, to set yeah. up the uh, dramatic swing in the third one. Like nowadays, it's just you expect everyone to die in the second one. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Yeah. <laughs> Well, my uh, my number one was uh, also Dark Knight, but I'm gonna make a little uh, just a little change just to keep the conversation interesting. And since every we get to we get to pick and choose what our definition of sequel is, gonna add one <laughs> word to the end of it, huh? I said you're gonna add one word to the end of it to change it. No, no, no. It's gonna. Um, uh, I'm gonna say uh, Mad Max Fury Road. Oh, I thought you're gonna say Dark. I thought. Never mind. Continue. No, Solid no. choice. Yeah, yeah. Uh, if you haven't uh, if you haven't seen that movie really really awesome I mean it's, it is like two and a half hours of you sitting on the edge of your seat not wanting to take your eyes off the screen yep cool yeah now I'm trying to I'm sitting here trying to figure out with my number one I had I had one picked out because I actually thought the sequel meant the second in a in a series mm-hmm. and uh, I think we've discussed this before. I kind of narrowly missed the whole Star Wars deal. I'm still really not not that into it. My kids definitely are, um, but uh, that was no knock against it. I think mm-hmm. they they just done a great job keeping that as part of culture. Um, but for me, it's it was Indiana Jones and Temple of Doom. Yeah. I was like, yeah. whoa, this is next level. Yeah. You know, so all all of my lists are older than y'all's list, but. Um, the Indiana Jones just in general and then the last crusade was like that's crazy right this mm-hmm. that's the one where they're going in the whole place yeah. just collapses oh and, I love that yeah. one yeah. yeah that's probably even better but I think was it was the one with Sean Connery with yeah. His, yeah. Yeah. yeah yeah I think that one was probably better though because movie the um, movie industry had grown so much between those two so it's a little bit hard to judge it's kind of like apples to oranges but it was a great way to, to end that to wrap that up the other stuff that they've done with Indiana Jones I'm like leave it guys just like you did yeah. a good job you know it's kind of like Michael Jordan <laughs> whole, just leave it alien skull thing yeah that was I was totally disappointed in that one but man you look at the Temple of Doom and I think there's even the fact that there's a debate between the Indiana Jones uh, line and the Star Wars line like people picking one or the other based on when they came through I think that's a huge a huge testament to uh, that uh, form of movie so I'm going to put Temple I'll just stick with Temple of Doom as my number one sweet Good Wait, stuff. did you guys just agree with something on my list? I did. Yeah, yeah I think it's well good, done. Man. I think oh, it's good. crap, man! I'm just, <laughs> so I'm officially retiring from any other outside the box segment from here on out. <laughs> Blind squirrel finds another. Oh, one. there it is. <laughs> there it is. It's down Periscope. All right. <laughs> All right. So let's quickly transition before I get roasted even more to the recommends. We always want to put something out there for our listening audience, so they can kind of dig into between episodes. What do you guys have today? Uh, my recommend is the TV show The Americans. 
Mm. Uh, I don't know if you guys ever watched. I think it's currently on season seven. Uh, I've been watching it since the beginning, but it is a great show. It's about uh, Russian spies living in in the United States in the in the eighties. Um, it's it's just fascinating because it kind of shows you you know how in depth the spy game was in the eighties during during all that all that stuff that was going on between the Soviet Union and and the U.S. And uh, man, the acting is just phenomenal in that show. The it's just well produced, great acting, great storyline, and it's. I mean, it's it's incredibly violent. It's incredibly real. Uh, and even though they're spies, you see they're they're um, you know they're human and they're they're torn between. Wow, we live in in America. You know, it's this great place compared to what I I can remember in 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 Russia from when I grew up. They hadn't been there in twenty years, and it's like the links they'll go to for their country, which they they've lived in America now longer than they've lived in their own country. And they're having this internal battle. Well, am I really still a, a Russian or am I an American or, you know, do I identify as this? And what about, what about my kids? I'm raising them as Americans. They don't have any idea what's going on. You know, should we bring them into the fold and just all that, that human aspect that comes to it, you know, you think of these spies as mm. these, these machines, but they're really, they're, they're human just like anybody else. And, and so it's just fascinating to see the internal struggles they have. Uh, so I would highly recommend that show. It's one of the best shows on TV, The Americans. I agree with that. I've, I've, I think, I forget what season I dropped out on. I think maybe it was four, but you kind of go back and forth like, man, that guy's gritty. And you think like, what's the name of the show again? The Americans? The Americans. The Americans. Think, it's on uh, FX. FX, gotcha. yeah. You think the wife is like, man, she's like, she's struggling with being a spy. And they go through that for a couple of episodes. And then the wife does something. You're like, oh my gosh. <laughs> and then he's struggling with going back and forth with the kids. I mean, the, the storyline itself. And then the fact that you have a guy that's, that's, chasing espionage that lives right across the street i mean the level of tension i think this is why i had to back out of the show when i did because i'm like i just i can't take the tension any longer uh but yeah the acting is pretty incredible the way these uh, people portray what they're stuck in it's got a little bit of that history element yeah i I was immediately like i'm trapped in the show i have to watch the next episode It is really really good and the guy that's playing the american that was the russian he's actually british isn't that right really in real life i think he's british i'll tell you what what really blew my mind is i watched homeland too and in the latest season of homeland there's a guy that plays a russian spy who is also a russian spy in Americans, but <laughs> Homeland is twenty, you know, set in modern times, and so I'm like, "Whoa, is this the same guy?" But he looks the same age, like he's two separate guys. So that kind of blew my mind. Okay, so honest question, Hunter: when yeah. you're when you're watching these shows, are you actually reading at the same time? No, no. Okay, I, I don't know. I wouldn't put it past you. I, if I, like, I read when I'm watching uh, like football or basketball games or okay, something like that. Yeah. Uh, I, there had to the be some dual stuff no, going on when uh, when I'm watching a show. I you know, especially something like the Americans where you have to pay attention. Um, I'm, I'm, I'm focused on that. I'm trying not to pick my phone up or anything. Now, if, if I'm watching something else like that, I don't, that's mindless TV. I'll, I'll kind of do something else while I do it. I will call you out on this though. You, whenever we're talking about shows, it's usually about two or three minutes before you tell me I should be doing mobility work while I'm watching television. (laughs) (laughs) It's every conversation. All right, Chris, what do you got? You got to recommend this week. Yeah. Um, the uh, I actually I, me- I meant to send this, send this to you the other day. The uh, most recent uh, uh, CrossFit podcast, they interview a guy named Greg Amundsen, who was like the uh, one of the like the original guys. You go back and you watch some of the oldest uh, uh, CrossFit videos on YouTube. He's the uh, he's the, the the big jacked up dude. Um, 
always working out with Andy Sakamoto and all that. But he uh, um, he goes into this podcast. He talks a lot about vintage CrossFit stuff. But then they talk for a long time about how uh, he's um, uh, he also has a uh, has a ministry and he's working um, he's working his way uh, uh, getting a master's in uh, in divinity and working on becoming a uh, becoming a chaplain. Whoa! And um, and uh, so he kind of. You know, he's sitting there. He's a, he's a believer, and he's sitting there talking with uh, with two guys, you know, Savan being one of them. Who's obviously they're not, you know. Um, and uh, it was really cool to hear their hear their conversation about that. Yeah, I got to so check would, that out. Yeah, I'm, I'm pretty like fascinated. People bringing um, God into a conversation, doing that well, because let's admit, historically, that has not been a good exchange because yeah. people have I was, been pretty. I was, funky. Actually, I was actually really uh, really surprised with how with how open to dialogue Savan was. Savan is really curious, and he always talks to his guests about Christianity. And he's always curious and wants to hear their uh, their thoughts on it. And mm-hmm. he is, yeah, he's very open minded, and he'll he'll have a debate with them, and he'll kind of play the devil's advocate, but. He is not like saying, "Oh, you're wrong," or "I'm right," or anything like that. He just wants to kind of hear. He's not going to go Sam Harris on it. Yeah, he just wants to hear their reasoning. So it's interesting. All right, so two pretty solid recommends. I guess you're going to recommend The Dark Knight. Uh, Chase would be your recommend. Uh, Your standing recommend. No, I I'm going to break out of my mold and actually recommend something for real today. (laughs) Yeah. So uh, I think Hunter will appreciate this, but uh, so there's the, the everybody knows what YouTube is, right? So there's these, there's these <laughs> can we three, get them here for the next episode? <laughs> yeah, yeah, we'll bring can them I? in. <laughs> it's a great rapper. Do I have to out turn of, on uh, the Brooklyn. Google machine? <laughs> uh, so these, if uh, so, we do a lot of uh, movie stuff on uh, outside the box, which I appreciate so much. So thank you, Hunter, for that. But uh, there's three YouTube channels that do a lot of like film, like scene breakdowns and stuff. They do like the the hows and whys behind like certain scenes, mm. like iconic scenes and stuff. So there's three that I really, really enjoy that I think people would enjoy checking out if you want to uh, waste some time and not have great time management. Go back and listen to that episode, by the way. Uh, the, the first one is uh, Every Frame of Painting. Second one, Now You See It. And three, Lessons from the Screenplay. They all kind of do the same things, but they're all like stupid smart guys. Wait, super smart guys. Stupid stuff. <laughs> moron. Yeah. So, uh, so check those three guys out. It's super, super interesting. You'll binge it. For hours, honestly, it's cool. it's crazy interesting. Sweet. We yeah. didn't mention that about the Americans; those two kind of tie together. You literally feel like you're watching an, something documenting the '80s. Which oh is yeah, yeah, pretty. They're on point with with the costume, the music, everything. It's it's really really good. Yeah, they don't they don't shy away from it at all. Mm-hmm. Guys, a great episode. I'm very impressed with ourselves this week. So. <laughs> hey, by the way, listeners, if you are impressed with us, and even if you're not, you're just feeling like you want to be kind, be sure to share this with the people you think could benefit from it. And we will be back with another heart-stopping episode. I think the sequel will probably be better than this week. We'll see Ooh. you then.